All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, what's good, everybody? It's a Thursday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and the returning Jay Rosehill. But an under-the-weather Jay Rosehill. Rosie, I won't lie, I've been feeling kind of ill the last couple days as well. And weirdly enough, it's not about the Maple Leafs play because they haven't played. But uh, how are you doing today, buddy? I feel like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Made me wonder, too, when you told me. Because same thing for me the last couple weeks. Just can't get in a a groove, you know, in in terms of feel and, like, illness-wise. But... Did, did guys, did guys struggle like letting players or other players know or teammates know that like I'm not feeling well, maybe I shouldn't play tonight, or was it just like a rite of passage, like you play regardless? I didn't notice uh, sickness on the ice unless it was like the flu and you're completely dehydrated and your muscles are all buggered up. But I mean, if you're absolutely mangled, you'll you just you're just like I'm not going to be. It's are you going to be better? sick and in the lineup is the team going to be better or is it gonna be better with you not out so you make that call but usually guys battle through you know getting ivs and pounding the the liquids and whatever else you can do get some of that some of that sooties and you get some sudafed in your bones back in the old days where they had all the good stuff in it and you'll be you'll be buzzing for the couple hours they'll need you and we were talking a couple weeks back about the smelling salts maybe that's the perfect time for it no it's yeah, I know. It's like those are making their way into like the mainstream. It's just it's just ammonia, man. It just goes right up your nose and just it's just an ammonia shot to kind of give you a little wakey wakey. Um, but yeah, people are using that for like other shit lately. It's kind of oh, funny. 
It's ridiculous. Everywhere you look on social media, smelling salts, this smelling salts, that, but you know, I always wondered like growing up too, like you try to humanize the sport, humanize the NHL and like day to day, like sometimes you feel like you have to shit yourself. Sometimes you just feel like crap, but like you guys still have to go out there and play the game. I just wondered if, you know, if let's say you ate something weird and maybe that's why players eat the same thing all the time. Like you, you go out there and you feel like one hit and you might just disperse of yourself. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> I can't say I've ever had the squirts playing. Uh, <laughs> shit does happen. There's lots of times where, where you're sick and you don't feel good. I don't know. It is what it is. You just go out there for some reason. Once you go through your routine, um, you know, maybe you take some cold stuff before if you're feeling like garbage. But uh, yeah. once you're out there, you just kind of fall into that groove and away you go and you just grind it out for the, the amount of time that the game's on and you can go back to feeling like shit later. But uh yeah, it's just like anything else. You have your up days, bad days. Sometimes you get bad sleep. You could be sick, anything else. And it's just like anyone else going to work. But it's kind of you need to you need to have your body performing at a, at a high level for quite a while. So it is a little bit different. But it's like you say, it's it's just people, man. They're, they're going to go through the same thing as anyone else who work in an office building. Producer Aaron at the helm of our um, YouTube page with maybe the quote of the year, Rosie's flu game. If you remember, Michael Jordan had a flu game and he ripped it up. And uh, it reminds me of, uh, remember Ned Braden and Slapshot? I think he was like severely hungover and he's like, anybody touches me, I'm going to shit myself. Something like that, like not verbatim, but that's... Yeah, I can piss myself. That's exactly it. I just wonder, like, man, there have been some beer league games where I'm like, man, I had one too many chicken wings or I shouldn't have eaten before the game. That's why religiously now I don't eat before playing sports, man. I just, something could happen that's awry. And I always thought about, like, humanizing the situation. There's got to be a guy or two out there that's got to take a dump during the game and they can't get to it, you know? I had a guy I played with who would just piss himself on the bench if he had to go bad enough. Like, he had a small bladder and instead of going to the room in the middle really? of the and he just pissed himself on the bench and no one knew it until he like said it and then he'd wash all his stuff after but i was just like i was flabbergasted by that I just couldn't even believe that a guy would bring that bring himself to do that and then go out and play a shift in in junior and multiple shifts it was it was very very weird no doubt about it and i uh i don't know if anyone else has done that maybe uh maybe we'll find out I can't say i've ever heard of that but biggest question of your life uh yay or nada pissing in the shower Oh, all day, absolutely. Yeah. Piss piss down the drain. That's what it's for. I don't yeah. know. I don't I don't I'm not a germ guy. I'm not a weird weirded out guy by anything. I just let her roll. It's not gonna hurt anybody. <laughs> I don't care. No, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. Everybody in the chat love to inquire on that situation too. Pissing in the shower, yay or nay. But yeah, that's it's my wonder. I can't say I've ever heard of, of a player piss themselves on the bench and everybody know it and everybody just move on with life. It's like somebody's got to call that out. We got a question off the top, Mark. You were first into the chat. Wonder how the boys will play on the big surface. So if you do recall the other day, Rosie brought up the Olympic Oops. ice surface. So from what I understand, I texted a few people that are over there. We're going to have Frank Sarvalli on the show uh, tomorrow. He'll be at Avicii Arena for that game for the Maple Leafs, the first of two in the NHL Global Series. I poked around and found out they're going to play on NHL-sized ice. They're practicing on Olympic ice. This doesn't make sense. Like, why would you practice on Olympic ice and then play on NHL-sized ice? But it's going to be the uh, the NHL-sized ice here. Yeah, and I guess I should have known better. I I just assume Europe, big ice, too, hand though. in hand. There's not very... There's mostly... I mean, even where I played over there, some were, some weren't. Um, but I just assume Sweden, that's just every barn in Sweden. I kind of assumed had Olympic size ice, but it's the NHL. It's an NHL sanctioned event. 
I guess you can't really have a, a real game on a different surface, even though, in my opinion, there are two teams playing on the same thing, but you don't want to say, oh, this team could have an advantage. We didn't get an opportunity to play. And I mean, when you look at the standings coming down to wild cards and playoff things, it can come down to a couple points. So I guess they got to keep things consistent, make sense. I'm curious if that Avicii Arena, if it usually has uh hockey boards in it or if they kind of did this special for this series and if they went out of their way to make it nhl ice or nhl no, size or not no this is like the i i think it was called the globe arena before something to that effect because i've seen it actually when i went to stockholm i we we drove past it in the uber and it, it's a legitimate arena i think a club team plays there but that's my wonder is like why would you practice <laughs> on olympic ice if you're preparing for a game on nhl sized ice and that makes a difference like the time and space is different no yeah, it does. I mean, practice, whatever. You're going over there, man. You're looping and shooting at practice right True. now. These guys are using it as a team building, um, you know. Uh, Hitting the club. Yeah, well, I don't know how far. I mean, sure, they'll be doing a little bit of that. Some guys will sneak out here and there and get their licks in. But uh, it's yeah. kind of a team building experience. And I don't think that arena would be open to them all week long to just loop and shoot out there. So you got to go to a different barn for practice. And I mean, I'm, yeah. I imagine, like I said, that's probably all you're going to find is the Olympic sheets, but it doesn't matter, man. When people like, uh, when people break down, Oh, this happened or, Oh, they were not going to play well because this that's like, Oh my God, man, if they were that soft and sensitive to every little thing, they'd be playing like shit all the time every day. Like you say, you have a bad sleep. You're not feeling good. You got to perform yeah. no matter what. And if, if you practice a few days on Olympic size rink and then go play in, in the, the NHL size that you've been playing with since you were four and that throws you off, you are a mental midget. Yes, very well said. Uh, imagine back in the 90s or the early 2000s, they had a global series, how guys would just completely send it, go back with uh, go with a full card and the smokes come back with zero, obviously. Uh, it's a lot different now. Like, I wonder if these guys are sending it as much as we think, where back in the day, it was like a given. You're there for seven days. You're probably going out for eight nights, and that makes no sense whatsoever. But that's uh, it, it's it's a lot different these days, no? Yeah, it is, guys. I think as the they care about their bodies. Yeah, they do. They take care of their bodies. Every little thing they got their nutritionist calling them all the time. And yeah. uh, back in the day, they'd gas, you know, a case of beers night before a game. No problem. And it's not like guys have never done that anymore. But from what I've heard in that league, guys are more prone to sit in the hotel room and play COD on the <laughs> no. Xbox as opposed to go out to dinner and uh, do some of the extracurricular things. Uh -huh. But we can pick Frank's brain. I imagine he's. He's yeah. around the establishments and seen the players around and he's coming on the show, Frank Cervalli tomorrow and we'll pick yeah. his brains. Have you seen anyone out? I've obviously he's not going to uh, throw anyone under the bus, but maybe he's like, Oh, they'll, they're having their fun over there. And I imagine they are. And it's important to do that. They would have team dinners out the ass. The, the Maple Leafs would take care of a bunch of tabs and uh, they'd be, they'd be using the opportunity as a team building thing. I'm sure. Looking forward to Frank tomorrow. Looking forward to today's guest, uh, Jonas Hoagland from the Pat Quinn era. Of course, the former line mate of Matt Sundin. He's out in Sweden. He's going to the game on Sunday. He's going to poke by in about 10 minutes from now. So looking forward to that. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube, at the Leafs Nation 401. I've noticed in the videos the last couple of days, a lot of you are watching but are not liking. That makes no fucking sense to me. So hit that like button. At the Least Nation 401, I implore you to do so and appreciate that. And uh, search Least Morning Take wherever you find your podcast for uh, this podcast. I mean, we we are booming right now, Rosie. I won't lie. Even though you're, uh, it's your flu game, you're you're humming along this season, buddy. 
Yeah, I like the uh, I like the longer format. We can kind of wheel and deal and do our own thing. It was a little bit regimented last year with our time, and I like that. Uh, you know, our following says, "Hey, we want more." We gave them a little more, and it seems to be a, a better a better setup for this teams or for this uh, for this show surrounding this team. So I like it, man. Numbers are big. Thanks to everyone who's watching and participating in the show. We love doing it for you guys. Love the PSA brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25, all uppercase for NATION25. For 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada. Subject to change, terms apply. So the development overseas is that John Klingberg... I guess it's banged up because he hasn't practiced yet in Sweden. And uh, at this point looks doubtful for the, uh, the opener tomorrow. If he hasn't practiced, he is not playing. I mean, you, you don't go through a time change in a transit. What? Have you heard the conspiracy theorists? Ooh, I'm listening. There is this widespread conspiracy in Toronto Matt that Murray. John Klingberg is part of a return going to Calgary to get Tanev and Zadorov, which I think is just so fucking wild, but it is so Toronto that they're thinking the Leafs are holding this guy off the ice because when they come home from Sweden, they're going to make this deal with Calgary. It's insane to me. Hope I'm wrong. Why is that insane? Um, I thought you were going to say they're uh, they're Matt Murraying him and just forcing oh. him on long term. Well, exactly, dude. Exactly. I get Calgary is looking. Zadorov wants a trade. It's like, good job, buddy. You're in a contract here. You're going to get dealt because Calgary shit. Like you didn't really solidify anything. But like, why would Calgary make a trade this early when they know every team and their mother is going to need this type of defenseman, these types of defensemen at the deadline? It makes no sense for them to jump and say, "Hey, we're going to take Toronto's offer right now." And on top of that, have they watched John Klingberg play hockey in the last three years? Like, why does Calgary want any part of this guy? I know what they want him coming back. It is. It's weird that he was hurt. He was on the shelf and he came back to play. And now he's back, not even practicing. Kind of could say that's inexplicable and things like that are happening. But like you say, it doesn't really make sense. But good, better chance that he's tweaked something. Um, yeah. And he is just back on the shelf, you know, and uh, there's no, I just don't see any chance that he's going to play over there. You don't do a transatlantic flight. You don't do the big time change. You don't go over there for that amount of time. I mean, it seems like they haven't played in a week. And then all of a sudden, you know, having somewhat of a slight injury or something that's nagging you and then jumping right into a big game like that. Uh, I, I consider him out and off of the lineup at this point in time. And I don't know what's going on. And again, you know, the way he's been playing, it's not like, the most incredible loss we've ever uh, we've ever experienced, but we'll see if Timmons comes back and can uh, fill his boots. Would you uh, put Ryan Reeves in the lineup on Sunday when they play Minnesota? Interesting. Former team, and they wanted him bad. It was between Minnesota and Toronto, and Bill Guerin just couldn't get there with that contract. Yeah, I mean, a good time to put him back in there. Um, they were buzzing last game. It's a tough call, but... Like you're such a big fan of, uh, you know, redemption or whatever games you call it. Where revenge, revenge games. And, you know, teams seem to, or players seem to step up against their former teams and, and get things done. And he's got extra incentive being as he's been a scratch for the first time in a long time. So he'll probably be buzzing out there. I imagine he's uh, had some talks and meetings and he realizes, uh, you know, I have to do this, this, and the other thing to get 
and stay in the lineup. And with the revenge narrative, it seems like a good time to, to throw him back in. Albeit when he was scratched, they seem to be a hell of a lot better. Like remember that fourth line buzzing, scoring, yeah. hitting, fighting, everything you ask out of those guys uh, is what they had going on last game. So it's going to be a tough call. Yeah, my answer would be more specific on how they fare against Detroit tomorrow and then go from there. Like if you win, I think you go back to the same lineup. I think we're at a point where the Leafs have to find consistency. To the best of my knowledge, they haven't named a starting goalie yet for that game. When we go to air tomorrow, we probably know who starts that game for the Leafs because they'll be on to their game day routine by that because they're six hours ahead here. Um, But I think you have to go with a winning formula, winning lineup and everything I saw on Saturday, specifically from that fourth line, leads me to believe like that's the best optimal lineup for this team right now. I think so. And I think they would be a, a tougher decision if the Minnesota game was first, because then you're like, shit, what do we do? And and you might just have to roll with the normal lineup, but uh, definitely indicative on what happens tomorrow against, uh, against Detroit. And um, what was I going to say? Like, it, it's tough sometimes. I remember playing where we would be on that Western road trip and we'd be playing in Calgary and I'd have like 15 friends and family in the lineup and we would have just lost our first game, you know, in Edmonton or whatever it was. We're in Calgary. I'm like, let's friggin' go. Like, do you have any idea how hard I will be buzzing in Calgary? And Ron Wilson scratches me. He did it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, God, man, don't you like, I guess maybe he doesn't even fucking care about enough about me to know where I'm from or anything. Probably happened all the time, man. And uh, for all the barns I played in and blah, 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 the coming to Calgary is when I seem to be on the shelf more often than not, which pissed me off because you can use that motivation to your advantage, especially a fourth line energy guy who's needs to be absolutely flying out there full of piss and vinegar. I would have been that way in Calgary, but Ronnie always had me up in this, in the press box. Of course, it was like the notorious story from Mike Babcock early on was like when they signed Jason Spezza, he scratched him for the opener in Ottawa. And people were like, dude, like, what are you doing? But it just spoke to volumes about Mike Babcock, I think. Yeah, it turns out he's a bad guy. No, you think he comes back to the league? Like, I I saw people wondering if he was going to go to Edmonton. It's like, you think they would bring him back after that shit? And and by the way, Columbus, Columbus is off to a horrible start. Once that happened, that team was cooked. They were done. That was it for their year. I'm sorry. That is a tough bounce. Johnny G, even though he's closer, oh. closer to mama, he's uh, <laughs> still shit in the bed. So yeah, teams in shambles. I mean, a team like that, we don't even really think about them unless they're killing it. So good riddance. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just love that impression because I, I think you just look in general, everything Calgary related is just terrible right now, man. Johnny Goodrow, Jonathan Huberto, like watching that game Friday. I know he had a two on own OT, like, that's a lot of 10 and a half sheets a year for the foreseeable future for a guy who's not even on your first power play unit right now. That's scary stuff, but (laughs) yeah. And Johnny G kind of sums up the new age soft player to me. Um, scared shitless on the ice the entire time. Uh, absolutely disappears in the playoffs. Does not want to play that style of hockey literally says I requested a trade and like screwed over my team and signed elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. Cause I wanted to be closer to my mom. It was really difficult not being able to see her like, Jesus Christ, man, what kind of man says that stuff? You can think it and feel it, but <laughs> keep it to yourself. He's the epitome of soft. And I was glad to see him get out of Calgary scram. So he didn't request a trade. Uh, he signed somewhere, but I, yeah, I, I I'm not yeah. going to defend him either. I think uh, the it's different. It's different. Um, but I will say like, I rather him just to said, I don't want to play for the Calgary flames. I mean, you could understand that guys are not, like not every guy wants to play in Canada. He's an American. Like he wanted to go somewhere else. I think guys earn that in free agency. No, 
hundred percent. Go wherever you want. Yeah. It's just how it's just his whole demeanor about it and his yeah. new age. She's just the p- typical uh, Gen Z, soft as baby shit, still mama, mama. Like it's like good man. Like remember the men that used to play this sport in the late nineties and the early two thousands, like Owen Nolans and these oh, tough motherfuckers and stuff. It's like my lord, these guys are men, and these new guys that are like the flashy splash of the NHL, like Johnny Hockey. It's like Johnny Hockey. He ha- plays half a hockey. Shits <laughs> pants and goes and hides in the playoffs every year don't give me johnny hockey if sorry about that two, that's a western canadian rant there yeah no understandable if there's two professional athletes uh, you despise it's lebron james of the la lakers and uh, weirdly enough johnny goodrow of the uh, columbus <laughs> blue jackets like that's your guy who knew who knew who knew, who knew? after watching all that maple leaf playoff hockey the last couple of years johnny goodrow is the hill you're gonna die on love <laughs> love that love hey, that. I've had, go back I've and had watch had that florida series I've had plenty to say about the Maple Leafs. I know you have. Performances. It's giving you our time. Uh, producer Aaron um, has a mock Leafs Flames trade from Twitter. I can't wait to see this. Leafs updates 21. I love that. Not even very. Tanev and Zadorov. A first. A so it's. Clinger, yeah. So Tanev Zadorov for a 2024 Toronto first, 2026 third. Klingberg, Abruzizi, and Connor Timmins. Your, your quick thoughts. And we're going to get to Jonas Hoagland here. Ah, that thing would be wicked. Let's go to get both those big boys in the back end would real. I mean, right now we've got this unbelievably high octane front end, but there's just this big Swiss cheese hole in, in the lineup and in this team in order thinking long-term, how are you going to win a cup? And is this the type of team that will, I don't think it is. And you throw those guys in the back end and all of a sudden it's like, I think it's a major upgrade and you know, a first and a third, like people don't like that, but okay, let's not do this deal hang on to our first and then draft whoever that is next year. And where the hell are you? He's going to, he's going to win you a cup. Like, fuck no, get you. It's like make hay while the sun shines and, and now's the time. So I would love to see a deal like this go done and you can just see, you know, the Leafs going guns blazing saying we're making a run this year. I would, I would just be so jacked about it. And those guys are, are the type of players that we need on the back end. I think it's a pipe dream, man. Like if you're Calgary and again, you hold all the cards, you hold the defenseman everybody wants. Um, I think I would ask about Fraser Minton. I would ask about Easton Cowan. Like I need, I need that type of prospects with all due respect to Nick Abrazizi and Timmins. Like they're a bit later on here and I think we know what they are. So certainly something to monitor over the next couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline as well. Meantime, the following interview is brought to you by Sober Carpenter. Hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers. So good. You'll think it's the real thing. Look for Sober Carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro, Farm Boy, and other retailers today. As you bring in former Toronto Maple Leaf uh, from the Matt Sundin era, the Pat Quinn era, it is Jonas Hoagland. What's going on, Jonas? Thanks so much for doing this today. Well, thank you for having me, boys. Our mm-hmm. pleasure. Our pleasure. So uh, give us, give us uh, the mood of what's what's going on in Sweden, obviously getting getting ready for the Global Series here. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, uh, four teams here, and uh, you know, all the Swedes are excited to see uh, to watch uh, NHL games live, and uh, especially in Toronto. It's uh, with uh, the way Willie is playing right now, uh, pretty uh, excited to see him, and uh, also Minnesota Wild had got what five Swedes in their team, so it's going to be an exciting few games here. So this will be a packed barn for these games, I'm sure. Jonas, are you going to be joining it, watching the game? You got tickets? 
Uh, I got. Uh, I'm actually going to do like a Q and A before the Minnesota game on Sunday, so I'm going to watch that game live. And uh, but before that, I'm not going to see any games live. I'm going to be at home and watch TV, and then go go up to Stockholm on Sunday. Because you mentioned uh, Willie's an absolute rock star. He's a rock star here in North America. I only wonder what he's like in in Sweden. Can you give us a sense of like how big Willie Nylander truly is in Sweden right now? It's tough to say, really. I th- to be honest with you, I think it's bigger in uh, in Canada and Toronto right now than it is in Sweden. Uh, but uh, that's why they're going over to Sweden to play, right? To get them uh, to get the young exposure. kids ex- exactly the exposure and to get to see them live. You know, there I think they have uh, a lot of kids watching their practices. Uh, you know, pregame skates and whatnot. So and they're going out uh, doing some stuff in the community local schools or whatever they do so you know just to get them uh get the nhl players exposure in sweden so you know to but in far as uh i think it's bigger in canada right now but um you know uh it's it's more now you know with with all the social media and and now everybody can watch the games right so but uh it's because of the time difference they're in the middle of the night so it's tough for the kids to see them live right so yeah this is the good way to see them live for sure speaking of stud swedish players you had uh i'm sure the privilege of playing with matt sundin for quite a few years there what was that experience like and, and how do you rank him as far as his talent level uh i rank him as the uh the top uh for sure, the best player that I played with, and I played with some good players over there too. Like, but uh, and uh, the best Swedish player ever, in my opinion, to play over there and uh, to watch to watch him every day. What he, how much he worked, and you know, off the ice and in the gym, and the way he treated media, handled the media stuff. You know, as a captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, you have to bad games, good games. You know, as soon as something happened, he was the one that had to talk to the scrums after the games and practices. So I was very impressed by that. Jonas, uh, we were talking earlier. Imagine like back in your day of playing, they did this global series. Uh, what do you think that experience would be like? Cause like we often talk about like players these days, they're wound a bit differently than back in your era. Yeah, that would be, you know, it would be awesome to, for, for me coming over to play an NHL game in Sweden, that would be just a, uh, unimaginable to me to be honest with you but uh the way they do it now it's great i mean they they went to australia and they went they go to uh, the czech republic and they go all over the place all over the world and all over europe so it's i think it's the right way to do it it's a tough travel for the players but uh you know i think they enjoy it um i can't speak for them but uh, if i read and hear what they're saying i think they're uh, they're happy about their uh, experience Jonas, you played for a few teams and, you know, the longest I think was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, you played with some legendary Maple Leafs themselves, coached by Pat Quinn himself. What was your experience in Toronto like? And um, did you expect that, uh, you know, that environment being in the hub of hockey there for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I came from Montreal. So I played two seasons in Montreal. So I kind of expect, I kind of, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Knew what to expect coming to Toronto. Uh, you know, the media-wise and the fan base that they got. And, uh, um, you know... Uh, I came. I came from a. I had a tough season, a tough year in Montreal. So and scored eight goals and didn't know what to expect during the summer going as a free agent. But I didn't have to go. I I didn't have to wait long because because um, Toronto called me just on July second, I think, and wanted to sign me. So it was like no brainer for me. So I went there, took a shot, and then was able to stay for four years. What was it like to play for the legendary Pat Quinn on a daily basis? People tell stories about him. I had an opportunity to meet Pat Quinn at the World Junior, I think, back in 07. Just an unbelievable man. He was an unbelievable man. He was, uh, he was a, like, you know what it looked like. He was big, kind of intimidated looking, you know, but he was a very kind and nice man. And he was a, for a, he was a player's coach. He let the players play. Uh, as long as you did as as you were told, and you know, we had a pretty good team all those all my seasons there. So we went to the playoffs and went deep in the playoffs. Uh, so he was uh, very success- successful, and uh, you know, I love playing for him. I bet last uh, last year we had a pretty emotional uh, roller coaster ride there with Boris Salming coming and, yeah. and getting his tribute and, and seeing how frail he looked. And unfortunately, he passed away not long afterwards at all. So tell us a little bit about, about what he means. Uh, to you being your fellow countrymen and, and being a Leafs legend? Uh, what can be said about Burry that hasn't been said already? You know, he was a yeah. trailblazer for all the Swedes. So he was one of the first ones to come over and, and to really make it over here, uh, over there. So he was, uh, I mean, his talent, you know, he was such a good player. And uh, he played the same way all the time he blocked shots he wasn't afraid to get in there he was you know in that era he, when he came over too that uh, you know that was uh broasted broasted bullies or whatever you call the philadelphia flyers back then you know there were there were some tough teams and they and he really yeah. he really got to uh you know experience uh, going through some um you know, hard times over here, over there, but he battled it out and he was able to stay for what, 18 or 17 seasons. And uh, I was able to play against him when he moved back, actually he moved back after his years 
in North America. He came over and I played against him in the Swedish Elite League when he was like 40 years old or something like that. And he blocked, I took a slap shot for go to take a change or go take a change. So I was going to shoot it in from the red line. And he was outside the blue line and blocked my shot. You know, dropped <laughs> back on down on two knees and blocked my slap shot like in the stomach. He was 40 years old, you know. That's just the way he played. Absolute legend. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well about another legend who has yet to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame and somebody you played with, Alexander Mogilny. I don't know what's going on there, man. Like, he deserves it. You played with him, right? Yeah, I played with him for, uh, what, two seasons, I think. Uh, he was such a talent. Uh, he was he was such an easygoing guy. You know, he wasn't... He never got too high, never got too low. He could have bad games too, but he he was the same way anyway, all the time. And he did, the things that he did, you know, on the ice, it was just, you know, he should he should be in the Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, he was definitely. Just, uh, um, sure I just want to wrap with. Talented, uh, yeah, sorry. Pardon me. Nah, it was just uh, one of the most talented players that I ever played with. So. Yeah, definitely. And I hope he gets his day in the hall one day, because again, I remember that era like it was yesterday and Alma was, was phenomenal. I just want to dovetail the conversation, just get your thoughts on everything transpiring around Willie Nylander having an unbelievable contract year. He's really elevated this year. Like I, I think he's turned into a bona fide superstar. What does your gut tell you uh, on Nylander in that situation? Like to me and, and to us, he feels like he was just born to be a Maple Leaf. I'd love to see him here long term. Yeah, uh, I read. Uh, I heard some interviews, and uh, he he made it clear that he wants to stay a Maple Leaf, right? So, and he he's making his case for it. So it's going to be tough for the Maple Leaf brass not to sign him. Uh, I mean, as long as they can fit him under the salary cap, I don't know. He's going to be demanding a lot. He's going to ask him for a lot, and he's playing like he deserves a lot of money. So. You know, but he's like you said, he's playing like a bona fide superstar right now, and uh, you know, and he's the uh, he has some good years, and uh, but the way he started this season, you know, you know he's I don't think uh, I don't think Maple Leafs can afford not to sign him. I agree, uh, worth every penny. Uh, lastly, what have you been up to these days, and uh, you're looking forward, obviously, to the weekend here, right? Yeah, I do. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm uh, I, I work as a instructor at a local high school here in uh, my hometown, Karlstad. It's about uh, three hour west, uh, car, uh, three hour car drive from Stockholm. So that's what I've been doing for the last three years. And uh, I also uh, help my agent with a little scouting and uh, recruiting and watch a lot of kids play hockey. Incredible, Jonas. Uh, it's oh. it's great to to connect with you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jonas. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Jonas Hoagland, we're an absolute stud, man. Like, I remember that era, the Pat Quinn era. Like, we often bring this up. Like, that was Leafs hockey, man. And I'm sure that's what inspired you in your career when you put on the blue and white. Like, I just remember every year getting excited. Not that I don't feel the same way about this team, but like, especially in the playoffs, and I understand it was different hockey back then you knew what you were getting from the Maple Leafs. And they were one of the toughest teams year in and year out to play against, right? You had Domi, you had Tucker, you had others on that roster. Just really, really gritty, right? Yeah, fuck. They should have won a cup during that era, man. They were pretty damn close. But, you know, in that decade there that you're talking about, they were just, how could you have not liked them, you know, with Pat Quinn at the helm and, 
you know, you go back earlier with the Wendell Clark stuff and later yeah. with Tucker and Corson and in there is, you know, killer with Gilmore, Felix Potvin. <clears throat> I wasn't even a goalie guy or a Maple Leafs guy growing up, but I was obsessed with Felix Potvin. I just thought he was the sickest goalie in the biz. And <clears throat> yeah, for to have a guy on that played during that, it, uh, it was special. And uh, thinking back to it, you just kind of cringe thinking, imagine they won one back then. They should have. Uh, it would have been amazing, but uh, unfortunately, it's hard to do, it turns out. You know what still eats me up to this day is that conference final against the Carolina Hurricanes. I won't lie. I saw the Leafs matching up against the Canes. I'm like, this is the year. They're finally going to go to the Stanley Cup for the first time in a long, long time. And Carolina just fucking buzzsawed them, man. Like, they just were not. Re- I know it was it was a six-game series, but, like, that's the one that still eats eats away at me in my lifetime is that Carolina series. I don't know if you remember it. Archer's Urbe was a starting goalie for Carolina. Archer's. Yeah. So what is that? Early two thousands kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I think it could have even been 99, maybe in the chat, if you guys can pipe up on that, the year that the Leafs lost to Carolina in the conference final, but yeah, like they had some battles. Wicked you know? era, man. Yeah. Wicked era, big battles, good hockey. I mean, yeah, there's, there's probably no greater example than watching hockey where it bumps up an extra notch like you wouldn't believe in the playoffs. And it's just like the refs put the away. The guys just decide to go to war and they friggin' sacrifice their bodies left, right, and center to try to get that holy grail. And it's wicked era of hockey, man. And yeah, like you said, there's there's some heartbreaks on the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, history. No doubt about it. We are, we are famous for it. 99-2000, Donnie does this, is helping us out. 99-2000, I think. Uh, Leafs won game one of that Kane series, PS17. And uh, somebody also wrote in, I'm trying to look for a raid now. Uh, now we need a Grabowski interview. Uh, just so you know, we are chasing down some alumnus who will do some interviews on this show. And Mikhail Grabowski is on my list. I have his contact info. So at, at some point in time, we're going to try to link up with Grabo. You played with him, right? Yeah, Grabo and Kulam, and they were attached at the yeah. hip. I'm, I'm wondering, like, his English wasn't fantastic at the time when he's playing. Apparently, it is now. Really? Well, usually yeah. when they go back over, like, I talk to buddies that I used to play with, and they're like, "Oh, this is crazy. I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken English in so long. It's so bad, yeah. or whatever." And I'm like, you know, a guy that didn't uh, have it down pat when he was over here, and then ten years later, whatever, he's been over in his hometown. You wonder if. Uh, you wonder how that is, but um, nonetheless, I'm sure people would like to hear from him. For sure. Uh, for sure. So uh, lots of great guests upcoming on the show this season. And again, appreciate all the support at the Leafs Nation 401. Want to get your thoughts on uh, Connor Timmons, who's closing in on his season debut. Of course, got hurt in training camp, the lower body injury. Doesn't sound like he's good to go tomorrow, but where would you deploy a Timmons? Granted, it's it's probably easier now with Lilligren out of the lineup for the foreseeable future, but I... To start, I would definitely put him ahead of Klingberg, no? Yeah, I would think so. Try to get him some confidence. Try to make his uh, his return uh, something that can build confidence. Uh, yeah. You're not going to throw 25 minutes at the guy, obviously. You're going to try to ease him into it. Um, but try to get him in positions that he can have success while still kind of protecting the fact that he's going to have a little bit of rust on him, but it's going to be nice to get him back. I didn't realize how much you know we would miss him. Um, he's a guy that's kind of rating that in his prime, he's coming into his prime. Those defensemen don't really develop and really, really get the hold of their position till that 25 to 27 is kind of when they, when they really come together, he's right there, bigger body too. And, you know, I, I hope that he comes in and makes an impact because the back end uh, could really use it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And I, I think it's something 
that you have to see what you have. I know in practice he's been uh, QBing power play one. I think they're going to give him a look there. It, it looks like they're going to just try to replace Klingberg altogether and make him the number seven defenseman and filter him in, in and out because Klingberg can just run the power play. That's about it. But obviously there's going to be some injuries that happen and, and stuff like that. But I think Timmons has to be a guy in the, in the top six right now on the back end. Like at least you have to give him a shot. I think from last year to this year in training camp, if you do recall in training camp, he looked fantastic before he got injured. I think you have to give him a bit of a leash and an opportunity to grab a hold of one, one of those positions. Like he he's earned it. I, I, I really feel like Connor Timmons has earned the ability to play a couple games in a row and after a bad mistake, not bench his ass, you know? Oh, for sure. I don't really believe in that regardless. I mean, I, I know what that feels like. And for guys that are playing on a short leash and, it's just so friggin' easy to grip your stick too tight when you know that there's going to be major consequences for any mistake that you make and mistakes happen by the the best players in the NHL every night. So it's not really, you know, acceptable to accept perfection from players who are far from it. I mean, nobody is. So uh, playing, playing with a direct line from, your play thinking right about the coach, thinking that the coach has got eagle eyes on you and just waiting yeah. for that one bobbled pass or that one, you know, play where you, you put it to, you know, through a little bit too much traffic or turn the puck over in the neutral zone, whatever it is, you, you can't play hockey, especially in the NHL, gripping the hell out of your stick, worried about making mistakes. So if you're a coach that's, you know, threatening benchings and scratches and stuff like that as a way to motivate, I, I just think you're a dinosaur and you're out to lunch. It's, it's not it's not the way to get the best of the players. Big underscore Kevin C writes in any chance of getting Clark on the show. I assume he means Clark MacArthur. We actually had him on the show uh, in the summer. So go back to our interviews page here Wendell. on YouTube. Pardon me? Wendell. Yeah, I think he means Clark MacArthur. Really? We had Clarky on already. I'm going to go golf with him this winter most likely. But I would think they mean Wendell Clark. Well, do you want to do you want to take that one? You want to field the the Wendell Clark one? Wendell Clark probably gets asked to do so many <laughs> things, and he's just not into it. He's a good Sasky boy. He met Wendell when by we the watched way. that game together. I brought my brother, and they were just shooting the shit about trucks and cattle. So I think that's more down his wheelhouse than uh, than coming on these. I don't think he follows it to the T, and he doesn't feel like he has any insight. But nonetheless, I'm sure of it if we were able to get him on he would have a big following on that video because he's an absolute legend fucking legend uh we were in the alumni box last year remember when you came to toronto and matt murray was supposed to start against ottawa and then matt murray was wearing a ball cap that game uh we bumped into wendell clark in the alumni box and we're working on it that's the best way to describe it so uh looking forward to that or no did he say he would or did, did tucker say he would or did wendell say he would uh, Wendell. No, Wendell. I don't think Wendell gave an answer. I don't think Tucker gave an answer. We're working ah, on it. Shit. Jeff O'Neill would be another great guest. Like, we don't want to make the guest the the whole focus of the podcast, but we do think it enhances the podcast a bit. Hey, I think we've done a good mixture so far, and hats off to you. You're usually the one pulling all the guests onto this program, so I'm sure people have liked it. Like and subscribe. Okay. We'll get, yeah, I love that. We'll get Luke Shen on too uh, down the road here. Maybe some Claude Giroux, maybe some Braden Shen. So uh, you're you're participating to the endeavor as well. But yeah, we, uh, Mikhail Grabowski is definitely on the list. Guys like that, um, pretty much open any Leafs alumni. By the way, Matthew Barnaby, we've linked in for next week. He's going to join us on Tuesday. 
We're going to talk about toughness. You guys can talk about scraps. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, we're gaining momentum slowly but surely here on the show. Brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the Best Sportsbook Operator of the Year and Best In-Play Sports Operator Awards. The game starts now. A couple bets I'm actually into tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning in the Chicago, if you remember last week, um, the Hawks beat the shit out of Tampa at Amelie Arena. I think Tampa returns the favor. So I'm hammering the Tampa Bay Lightning in that game. That's probably my play for today. I like it. Let's ride that. I'll tell you on that. Okay. You have absolutely nothing that I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, man, my, my head's yeah. going to explode right now. I'm just trying not to drip snot on the microphone. The rosy flu game. We love it. Uh, the other look I would look at uh, Vegas and Montreal, by the way, I just couldn't find my sheet. I did a uh, podcast for the NHL fantasy on ice podcast earlier today. We have to make betting plays. And the other play I liked quite a bit significantly enough was uh, Vegas and Montreal, the Montreal puck line in that game, eight of 11 all-time matchups between Montreal and Vegas have been settled by one goal. And that's just in regular or in uh, regular season action. So I think mm. there's some value there. So Rosie, we'll leave it at that. Uh, appreciate you playing through a bit of a cold. I am as well. Producer Aaron too. everybody be well out there and uh, looking forward to Friday where, where we can actually preview and tee up a hockey game. Frank Saravalli is going to drop by. It's a two Eastern start time, by the way, at Avicii Arena in Sweden between the Leafs and the Red Wings. The Wings on the back-to-back, by the way, so be mindful of that. And Ville Husso is not in that trip, so uh, trying to figure out who they can... Uh, maybe it's Alex Lyons starting in the second game for Detroit, so the Leafs have to find a way to capitalize on that. Yeah, we'll check the lines on Botano there to see what that is, but I feel like there's... Uh ripe opportunity to put down some cash on that game. You always got to wonder though, with that much time off and all the distractions and whatnot, where the Leafs heads are going to be at starting that game, where maybe the back-to-back could benefit the Detroit Red Wings as they're, they're, they're into it. They're focused where, I mean, you, it's, there's no excuse for it, but the Leafs are kind of famous for, Oh man. And we just, it's, we just weren't really there for our minds weren't there. And it's like, man, this is the show. I don't think you can rely on that excuse. So we'll see where they're at. We'll see what the lines are and, and see how the Leafs uh, show up with the, the, the different look of being overseas. Mr. P bacon writes in, will Rosie be up at 6am for Sunday's game? Um, maybe Fuck no, Maybe that's not a chance in hell. I'll put my life savings on the, you're not going to be up at 6am for that game. No shot. Well, tomorrow I have at 1130 dental surgery where I got a whole front row of, of fake shit from a clapper. I took to the face Um, and one of them's got to go. So I'm curious as to how that's going to look on the Monday show. If I'm going to have the partial all fixed up, but I know I'm only going to catch half of the game tomorrow. So that might be incentive. Maybe I'm sick, feeling like garbage, wake up at 4.30, can't sleep, throw on the old hockey game. Never know. We'll see. Dude, the game's going to be on at 8 a.m. here in North America. There, it's very unlikely I catch it live. Okay? I don't know yeah, what a.m. is. You're a 17-year-old going on. No, you're the 30, 34-year-old going on 17, basically. So I doubt you get up before 11 very often. It is. That's a tough wake up for me, man. It's that that's especially on a Sunday, especially the fact that I'm going to be in Florida. I'm going to the Lightning and Oilers game on uh, oh, Saturday afternoon. Pardon me? No chance, no chance for you then. That's uh, no. that's already it's, gone. It's very unlikely. I, I'm going to send it full send in Tampa um, on Saturday night with my buddy and just very unlikely. But I, I will watch the game at some point. Why wouldn't you? It's part of your job. 
you donkey. Let's yes, wrap it up. Watching games so is part of the job, Rosie. Appreciate your time today. That's Jay Rosehill. Everybody in the chat, you guys are fantastic at the Leafs Nation 401. And so gracious of you to request some people to be on this show. You don't think we've tried every fucking name, including Colt Nor. <laughs> we've tried everybody. And we'll continue to So many to guys try don't everybody. like it, man. So many guys just don't want to be put on the spot. They don't like doing interviews. They don't want yeah. to be... They're just scared to get asked a question. They don't know the answer. They don't want to look dumb. And guys just avoid it at all costs. It's actually kind of surprising how many guys are just like, I, I love you guys. I would love to, but I just, yeah. I, I just can't do it. I'm not, I just can't do it. I'm not going to do that. It's like, wow, really? Okay. Yeah, it is what it is. I totally get it. Again, uh, I come from the other side of the spectrum where I'm in media and sometimes, especially in Toronto, like guys just don't even want to be quoted. They just want to go on with their lives. They were Maple Leafs. They enjoy their time. So again, we move on with this show. Nevertheless, we're still going to have shows the next day and the next day and the next day. So it is what it is. Uh, many thanks to Jay Rosehill at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe in the chat. Producer Aaron, fantastic as per usual. Everyone in the chat, you guys were great. We'll be back tomorrow again. Normal time. Frank Saravalli is going to drop by uh, uh, 10 minutes into the show. We're going to preview the game from Avicii Arena. It's the Leafs and the Red Wings. We'll talk on Friday. Take care, everybody. I'm about to sneeze. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know. Make sure to check out more of our content right here on the Leafs Nation YouTube page. We got long form interviews, we got clips, we got epic rants by Jay Rozo. We simply have it all. And don't forget, you can find out much more at theleafsnation.com. Thanks so much for watching. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.